podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a fantastic goal that is from Derby! Hello, welcome along to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast for another dose of lockdown insanity easing Rams chat. We're not really any closer to football returning, but we've still got plenty of interesting insights and Derby talking points to get through. I'm your host, Chris Parsons, and dialing in remotely for episode 84. He's always staying alert. Is Anton Martin. Hello. Hi, mate. How are you doing? Not too bad. He's had a bank holiday weekend drinking the quarantinis. It's Richard Kutcher. You're right. Yes, uh, actually, I had a few off, uh, a few days off to be. I had a bit of a heavy week, so uh, actually, the weekend de- de- detoxing. So uh, I think I'm a bit all over the place at the moment. Wow, wonders never cease. And fresh from leading a conga line down the street with his neighbours, it's uh, Tom Martin. Come in. Are you there? I was uh, socially distancing, of course. I'm not a COVID idiot, or am I? Perhaps. <laughs> Well, that's always up for debate. But before we crack on, don't forget that Steve Bloomer's Washing is partnered for this most bizarre of seasons with our friends at Derby Brewing Company, Derby's original craft brewer. Now, the bulk of this podcast will be an in-depth chat with Derby's top scorer and number nine, Martin Waghorn, who very kindly gave us his time and his take on the campaign so far. Many thanks to Derby County for giving us access to a current player. He uh, told us how he's coping himself away from his teammates. Spoiler, it involves some Bob Marley and UB40, uh, as well as some very open insights on the mental health challenges of lockdown. But uh, chaps, before we get to that, the unending roller coaster that is Derby County continues to entertain us, even without any actual football having taken place for two months now. Uh, we talked to Waggy about competition for places in this current derby team but uh, based on the last few days you might not actually have as much of it when the football does return uh, firstly the future of mason bennett has been uh, up for discussion as he appeared to joke that he wanted pride park to quote burn in a private social media video which ended up on twitter and so on private joke or not and uh, let's face it mason bennett must have some pretty uh, pretty terrible friends uh, you you always thought, didn't you, that uh, that Bennett had always struggled to cement a first team starting place in the uh, in the ten years that he's been at the club now, um, and he's currently on loan at Millwall, which is his uh, his fifth separate loan spell as a Derby player. I know he uh, gave his explanation for that video, but let's face it, it's not the first time that um, that he's got himself into hot water with uh, whilst being a derby player do you think it's now time to cut our losses on him as a as an asset as a as a player I think the simple answer is probably yes it's it's just absolutely idiotic of him really um the, the club have given him so many opportunities over the years um even after kind of the what happened earlier this season we we kind of gave him an, another chance to to prove himself sent him out on loan and and gave him kind of the chance to to redeem himself really and and to do something like he he kind of posted 
last week, joke or not, it is just not acceptable for someone who is supposed to be a role model. And, and Koku and his staff will be absolutely exasperated at what he's doing. Um, and I, I personally think he, he that is it. He doesn't deserve another chance. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Mason Bennett's time at Derby was probably up anyway. Uh, I actually, I actually feel like he's been a bit harshly treated on on social media uh, as a result of this video. I think I think the it is obviously missing some context, and if it was a joke, and I think he seems he hasn't really explained himself very well or, or at all, to be honest, he hasn't really helped himself. But it seemed to be some kind of exchange between him and Graham Shinney, and I don't I don't actually think the the, the burn was actually in relation to. Pride Park Stadium, but um, but I don't know to be honest, and I may, may, maybe I'm letting him off the hook a bit a bit too easy. But I think I thought his career at Derby was probably at an end anyway, and I think there's a little bit about everyone's a bit bored at home, and we haven't had anyone to slag off at the club for a few months, and let's all jump on the slam slamming Mason Bannett, uh, bandwagon. So I actually do feel a little bit sorry for him. I don't think he's got a future at the club anyway, but uh, I feel like there has been a bit of a witch hunt here, which. Uh, isn't necessarily uh, warranted because we don't really know the context of that video and it just seems a bit odd and it just doesn't quite sit right with me to be honest. Tom I I can see where Kutch is coming from uh, I can see why that you know that Twitter seemed uh, pretty unanimous in its uh, condemnation of, of, of the video we don't know the context but I don't think there's really a way in which you can say that it does come across well. Um, what What is your take on it? Do you think we need to give Bennett a bit of leniency or uh, is it just the latest indiscretion and is, is this a straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of his time as a Derby player? I think it's the latter. It's the straw that finally breaks the camel's back. He's had had a great opportunity at the club, uh, being the youngest, if not one of the youngest starters uh, when he started against Middlesbrough way back. It must have been almost sort of 10 years ago now when Clough gave him the chance. Um, and he's never really kicked on. And then obviously the indiscretion that happened in his involvement in the uh, incident involving Keo and Lawrence in September. Uh, and then furthermore, this, this regardless of what the context is, the fact is that it can be interpreted in a way which isn't good. And therefore, as a result, he hasn't really explained it away. We don't know the context of it, but the fact it's gone onto social media, he's a role model, he's a public figure. Um, he plays for the club and the club pays wages. And if that's what he's sort of saying privately, and then it's gone onto social media. I think he's, um, I think he's burnt his bridges. But I also agree with Kutch. I think um, Mason Bennett he hasn't developed as a footballer, and I think the the end of his Derby career was coming regardless. Uh, despite what would have happened, in, if, even if what happened in September uh, and more recently hadn't have happened, uh, I still think he'd be leaving this summer. So that is one Derby County forward who uh, we can probably all agree may have his days numbered. But then. There's also what could be the beginning of the end for Chris Martin. Uh, he's set to become a free agent at the end of June, according to a story from Ryan Conway of The Athletic, as the club are yet to offer him a new deal and aren't even sure if they will do, partly due to the coronavirus pandemic and the effect it's having on clubs' long-term finances, which, let's face it, in Derby's case, weren't maybe the most healthy to begin with before all this happened. Uh, for me... It does just seem a bit inevitable that he may have to go in the current climate. It's a terrible thing to have to say. But if you look at it this way, the club can't offer someone like Chris Martin, who's 31, a long t- another long-term deal on his current wages. If you think about the uh, the, the contact renewals that, that Chris Martin has had, I could be wrong on this. I think, did he was he offered a new deal after 13-14? Maybe that's wrong. But anyway, he was also... 
offered a new deal when McLaren came back for the second time in that desperate time when things were all going a bit wrong. We needed a bit of a saviour. We were short of goals. McLaren got him back, presumably on the same wages as he was on before, if not more. Um, there's no way any club can can consider it sensible business to offer a long-term deal to a player on those sorts of terms again. But on the other hand, Chris Martin, look at it from his point of view, he'll want assurances about his future. He's got a young family. He's got an amazing goal-scoring record at this level. And he'll certainly feel that if Derby aren't prepared to offer him a long-term deal, then there are probably plenty of championship or, or League One teams who definitely will. So, Kutz, do you think we are just sadly looking at a set of circumstances which mean that the wardrobe's days are numbered at Pride Park? Yeah, I think it's possibly a really sad way to end, actually, because I think the, the coronavirus pandemic and the impact it's had on football has probably robbed him of that of that chance to carry on some excellent form since the turn of the year and becoming a really integral part of the team. And if he'd had that kind of uninterrupted couple of months left of the season to bang a few more goals in, um, he would have made a case for himself even more. As it is, we don't even know if we're going to play football again this season, let alone finish the season. And then he would have had that chance at the end of June to kind of to to perform and, and, and earn that contract. Whereas now, even if we do come back and play football, his contract may have expired before we even have that chance. So that's really sad. He hasn't had that opportunity. I think uh, I think I kind of agree with what you say. I think there was never going to be a, a long term contract on that money on offer from Derby or from anyone else. I think there's there's a compromise to be struck. There probably would have been a compromise to be struck if if the season had finished uh, kind of regularly. Uh, as we all would have liked to. I think he would have been offered a one-year extension on, on less money and, and it might have been appealing. I think now even that might not be uh, open because although you could reduce his wages, you probably couldn't reduce it that much. And as he said, he will be looking to see if we can get a two-year two year contract anywhere. It might be more about uh, you know the time rather than the money. Uh, but we obviously are in a, a tough financial situation with or without the coronavirus uh, impact on football so Derby got some tough decisions to make and and he would be a, a big loss off the wage bill so yeah as ever we wanted to get you guys involved in this one to have your say on a player who after all has played the best part of 200 games for Derby County so we put it out on our Twitter page at Steve Bloomer pod the question being how would you feel about Chris Martin leaving the club in the summer and uh, Anton it seems most of our Twitter followers at least, aren't prepared to let Martin say goodbye just yet, with uh, 74% at the time of recording saying we must keep him, compared to the 26% who said it's time to move on. So the question for you is, when it comes to Chris Martin, deal or no deal, would you say? I mean, it's obviously a difficult one because of all the sentimental memories that we have. I I still personally believe he he does bring something to the, the side that others can't. But the fact of the matter is, as you and Kutch have mentioned, we are in a difficult financial position and he is probably one of the higher earners at the club. He's also one of the older members of the squad. And if we're looking ahead um, to kind of the, the future of the club and the fact that Koku may want to bring in some of his own players um, when football does restart, we will have to get rid of some players and Chris Martin is kind of one of the obvious choices with that it, it will save a lot of the the wage budget and, and kind of free up um that th- those finances to bring in um other options Koku obviously has a vision of, of what he wants from from the club and, and 
I'm, I'm afraid if, if Martin has to be one of the sacrifices, as, as sad as it will be to, to see him go, um, I, I'm kind of going to back the, the club and, and Koku on, on those decisions. Yeah, it seems like this is an ongoing saga. We've been saying goodbye to Chris Chris Martin since basically we started this podcast, him having gone on loan to Fulham and then come back and and stuff. So I think I think it probably is time to say goodbye. And I, I do think he will leave uh, this summer, unfortunately. Um, I think he's going to struggle, like a lot of players, to get a contract elsewhere. Uh, certainly not on the same wages. Derby obviously able to offer quite big wages. And with coronavirus and the circumstances at the moment, there are not going to be a lot of clubs, Derby included, uh, that will be able to offer similar wages to what he's on uh, currently for the the next season, whenever that may start. So unfortunately, yes, it, it may well be the end of Chris Martin at Derby County. Well, it will be an emotional goodbye if and when it does happen, that is for sure. But uh, on to the main feature of this pod, anyway, our big sit-down chat with Rams top scorer Martin Waghorn. Uh, it was um, myself, Tom and Kutch who, uh, who had a chat with Waggy. We uh, talked about all sorts and... Of course, we had a quiz with him at the end. Of course, we had a quiz with Martin Waghorn. I, I can tell you, I tell you for free now, it's an absolute belter. It went to a tiebreak and everything. Um, but Tommy struck me as a player where uh, Waggy seems a player where you know what you see is what you get with, with Martin Waghorn. I think he was pretty frank about his own season, um, how there are areas where he could improve. I mean, he he probably acknowledges that yeah, he is Derby's top scorer, but. He maybe could have more. Uh, pretty candid about his own family and his own health as well. A, uh, a pretty down-to-earth player and a sort of character that uh, that our squad needs right now, I'd say. Yeah, I totally agree. I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, I thought he had some really interesting points to say. And um, he sounds like, sound like the sort of guy that um, I quite like to go down the, the pub for a pint with. And I certainly think he should be back on the podcast to have another go uh, at the quiz because I, I think he'd, uh, he's very knowledgeable of that. So... Yeah, really enjoy talking to him. I think he's an excellent uh, member of the team and he's obviously quite an important voice in that team, um, leading and guiding those younger members of the, the side as they come through the ranks. Yeah, I think his um, quite rich footballing experience actually really came through. Obviously, he's played at quite a few different clubs. He's played north of the border as well. And yeah, he just talked very sensibly, really. But at the same time, had a lot of personality and, and was quite fun. And obviously, listeners will, will hear shortly. But yeah, he gave us some great insight into kind of some of the mental challenges of, of the current situation. And he actually gave some really nice advice uh, for anyone who kind of who's struggling uh, with kind of lockdown and how to keep themselves busy and keep themselves in the right mindset. I thought that was yeah, really thoughtful. It wasn't just a throwaway cliches. It was it was some really nice, uh, constructive advice, which I certainly took on board. And um, yeah, I think one thing that really came through was just how itchy he was to get back out there and play. And we asked him about whether, you know, the, the players were worried and, and the kind of the human element to to not being uh, the safety element, sorry, of playing football or not. But he was just emphasising that he's really keen to get back out there and do his day job for Derby. And just lastly, I thought it really got, I'd kind of forgot about this season, to be honest. I don't really, I wasn't really expecting this season to finish. And I forgot that we were five points, I think, off the playoffs. And Martin Wagon mentioned that. And it just gave me a tinge of excitement again for, oh my God, actually, we could still get in the playoffs this season, which, which feels like a really strange feeling to say that. Uh, but yeah, just talking to him got me really excited to see how this season pans out, if if and when it does. If and when it does, indeed. Well, um, we'll leave it there for now. You've heard enough from us. We will go straight into our interview with Martin Wackhorn. But uh, don't forget, if you do enjoy the podcast, you do enjoy this interview. We had lots of good feedback from the uh, Steve McLaren two-parter. So yeah, thanks again for 
get in touch on that, then do not forget to subscribe across the three main platforms where most of our users come from. So it's Apple Podcasts. You hit subscribe there for iPhone, iPad or Mac users. You can hit follow also on Spotify or on SoundCloud. But uh, in the meantime, here is our interview with Martin Waghorn. Waghorn. Forsyth is on the move on this side of the pitch and he's been seen by Waghorn. Forsyth looking to deliver the cross and he did and the header was perfect from Waghorn. He started it and he finished it. So Waggy, uh, great of you to join us. We've had uh, seven weeks of, uh, of lockdown now by, uh, by my count. I'm sure you're probably feeling it as much as the rest of us. Uh, in fact, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I saw you on your Instagram saying that you were getting a little bit tired of the, the current situation. Uh, how are you getting on at the moment? And, and more importantly, how's that uh, guitar playing coming along? Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a different three or four weeks to the first three or four weeks. Uh, I have to say the first, the first little part was was different in terms of family time, um, spend a lot of time with them, which you, you would never normally get to do. I know that sounds daft, obviously, with the, the job I've got, but training, travelling, games, etc. You're quite limited in terms of what you can actually do. So it was nice to speak with my son and my wife and do bits and bobs with them, which was, which was all new to, to all. We've never really spent this much time together, to be honest. So it was nice. It was good. But then I think when obviously the, the second stage of the lockdown happened, I think it kind of, not just myself, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm going to say for a lot of the people, it kind of deflated a lot of people with the, the reality of it. We're winning it again for another three three weeks or so. And for, for me, myself, you, you go through good spells and bad spells, but it was it was a tough little period. And that's when it's, it's ever so important to, to keep yourself occupied, keep yourself going. And then like you've touched on as well, I, I started up a new hobby, which started off great and then like everything gets a bit gets a bit tough after a while so and uh, i know a lot of people when they when they start playing guitar for example they tend to try and aim towards like a you know i've got a certain song in mind they used to love or like a certain riff yeah. that they're trying to nail have you got a particular tune you're trying to you're trying to work towards and bang out waggy and got anything in mind <laughs> um i would like to just play a few chords to be honest first man <laughs> I, I don't know i do like uh, extreme more than words. That's a good tune. My dad used to play that. It's a, it's a song that me and the missus like. It's something like that. Bit of Bob Marley, bit of UB40. I'm, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can, but as big, keep it as, as simplistic as possible. Obviously, taking it too far, I'd want to go and join a rock band or anything like that. So I'm trying to be able to like pick it up, play a good tune every now and then, whatever it may be. Just some acoustic version and. Just nice and easy. I can sing along there. Well, I won't sing. Obviously, I'm atrocious at singing. But just have a little play along, and hopefully, somebody can pick up a tune from that, which is which would be the the ideal scenario, really. Some great tunes in there, Waggy. And obviously, it's important to spend a lot of time with your young family. But also, how are you managing to keep your your fitness up whilst you're not at the club in the training ground? Can you talk us through your daily routine? Yeah, all the lads we've we've been sent individual programs from the, the sports science staff. Um, that's obviously discussions on the dock. Uh, you've got Hainsey, the, the, the sports scientist, Luke, head of strength and condition in the gym. So they've all kind of come together, put programs for our upper body, lower body, core, um, specific kind of tendon, Achilles, knee, knee work that you need to, need to work on. And then you've got a, a fitness running program as well. So it's been brilliant. It's worked well. It's keeping me going. Obviously, it's not same as match training and match fitness and stuff but it's doing the job the job as, as much as needed so on a, on a daily basis for me 
Monday, Monday, Tuesday training days, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday training days. I'll try and wake up, get a bit of food, get the little boy sorted with the schoolwork. Fortunately, my missus is helping out a lot with that, which is which is a great hand. I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling with the fractions, so that's that that's been good. But then I'll try and do half an hour of preparation, stretching upper body's leg work, whatever that may be, and then I'll, I'll do me me run, whatever that may be as well. So it's it's good. It gives you a bit of focus, gives you a bit of somebody to look forward to work off, and um, yeah, it's keeping everyone active, which is the main thing. Yeah, certainly sounds uh, like you're all keeping yourselves uh, nice and fit, which is which is good to hear from a, from a fan's point of view. Obviously, I'm sure we'll get to a point eventually where English football returns, Waggy, and once everyone's safety and logistics have been worked out. Um, but Sergio Aguero was quoted recently as saying some players are, are scared at the prospect of returning to action because obviously they have children and, and young families like yourselves. What what did you make of his comments, and how how would you personally feel about uh, returning to action, whether that's potentially in June or a bit later? Yeah, I, I, I totally understand his concerns. It's it's a very difficult subject to to be on either side of the, the argument. If that makes sense, obviously for myself, I, I I am in that situation, and a lot of the lot of the lads are these days. A lot of the lads have got children and, and kids, and you are concerned for for your family and such, and your your parents and relatives across the across the family. So I I, I do get it. So for me going forward, um. Personally, chomping at the bit to get back to playing football, I get it, and it's got to it's got to work for everyone. Um, obviously, we need to make sure all the health checks are, are ticked off, and we're all given the green light to go ahead before we do do return, do start playing again. And I think you look at the Bundesliga recently; they've they've done a lot of the the hard work in terms of getting the game back going, which is which is the main thing. They've set kind of a benchmark of how to do it: a lot of testing. Quarantine, families away, sheltered, and it, don't don't get us wrong. It's going to be tough whichever way it's done. But for me, the sooner myself, the club, the country can get back playing sport, not just football, all sports, going to be better for anyone. So, in terms of what Aguero said, I, I do I do agree with him. It's, it's it's a big it's a big risk because we know what the the implications are and the the risk factors that come with the come with the job that we're playing, it's it's close contact, it's 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 difficult because it's a job you love but you you also you've got to think about your family. So I, I get both sides, but personally if it's if it's all ticked off and it's all clear to do so then as soon as they get back the better. It's it's not just the virus itself which is a concern for players, Waggy. I mean we could be looking at a relatively quick turnaround actually between teams going back to training possibly in May or whenever, and then starting competitive matches in the championship again. I mean, with that, how concerned are you and, and the other lads about the possibility of, say, like, you know, small muscle injuries picking up as a result of that? I mean, I guess the first couple of matches back might have a bit more of a, of a pre-season feel to them in terms yeah. of intensity and tempo. Yeah, yeah there's obviously a, there's, there's a risk. But if players are all sticking to the programmes and, and doing what the club have put on, hopefully that eliminates the the risk of getting injured don't get us wrong you you go out on, on any on your match day and there's a risk there there's a risk element towards playing games but for the the duration that we are going to be playing the games in there is a probably a higher risk yes but that's up to ourselves and the medical staff and the club to to look after us as best as possible and first and foremost it's it's up to yourself to get yourself to a level that you can play games in a short period of time we are in the the league where the games do come thick and fast. We play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, 
on a regular basis. So in terms of that, it might not be too much of a of an issue. But if I don't know whether you, I don't know, the more of a strain or you you do have flu symptoms and stuff, it, it, it has an effect on you. It's all about the the doctor and the medical staff to keep an eye on you, um, do regular checks, be honest with the club if you're feeling something. Be open, be honest. Don't try and play through the pain because the games will be thick and fast, and you need everyone on board and you need everyone fit and ready to to step in and play. So, of course, it's not just the physical side to worry about. Um, you've spoken openly and honestly in the past about mental health and yeah. your own experiences with depression. Uh, lockdown, as you mentioned earlier, has affected everybody in very different ways. And things like anxiety, boredom and other mental health issues are part of the conversation again. Have you yeah. found yourself having any low days during lockdown? And is there any advice you could give to it, someone who has been struggling to manage the day to day? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had low downs as, as well as as well as everybody else. I'm no different to the, any other person in, in, the, in the world suffering in the, the same way. So for me, obviously... Being being through a situation in the past like that, like I had, it's it's made us appreciate me me family more and the, the time that you do spend with them. But when I, when I have had those days, I've tried to do stuff with them to to pick up a mood or not not isolate yourself. Don't go off it on your own and, and do your own thing because you just kind of get yourself into the same situation. You get yourself in your own little thought patterns. Try and interact. I know it's difficult for people maybe on their own or whatever, pick up the phone, ring somebody, ring a friend, ring a family member, try and have a, try and have a laugh, try and have a conversation. And don't be frightened to, to talk about your, your feelings and, how, and how, how you are, what you're going through, what you're feeling. Because, listen, there's, there's many, many people in the world right now having all these difficult feelings, worried about what's going to happen, scared to go out, worried about getting ill, worried about passing it on. So yeah, it's 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 been it's been really difficult and it's a strange one to be honest because you don't really know what the next step is when the UK when the world is going to go back to normal how everybody is going to be in and around the streets and around each other so all these stresses and anxieties will play play on a lot of people's minds so for me I would say try and speak to your friends and family try and be open and honest as you can pick a time in the day when you you want to do something for yourself whether that's go for a walk, spend some time with yourself, listen to some music, but always try and keep yourself in a positive frame of mind. Think of the positives, think about when you're getting out of here and what you want to do. Set little goals, little challenges, and just try and keep yourself thinking, walking forward, one step at a time, two step at a time, and build yourself in that in that manner rather than thinking about the worst and if this never happens, if this never... Because if you're going to think like that, you'll, you'll put these little thought in your mind so think of good things look forward to seeing families look forward to seeing friends look forward to go back to work going back to see your work friends and just little positive little steps that you, you keep looking forward to and set yourself little challenges little goals which will hopefully lift your mood give you a little bit of a, a boost in morale and hopefully little things like that can and help a long way down the line Thanks for that, Waggy. That's uh, really interesting and uh, really, really good to hear from from someone that so many people look up to as well. I mean, back back to the football then. When it does return, your your derby's top scorer for this season. Um, have you got a, a goals target in mind for the rest of the season if we do get to play those remaining matches? Yes, I, I, I do have a target. It's not something that I, I, I'm openly, I need this goals, I need this target, I need this, I need that. For me, I, I like to have a, a figure in my mind and if I get to it, great. If I don't, 
then hopefully the team succeed in, in their goals as well. So, yes, every striker has targets, but for us, it's been a it's been a very very bizarre season um, for for a number of reasons, <laughs> including the coronavirus. So it's all about getting back playing now, and whether I hit those targets or not, it would be great personally. I'd be delighted, but to get back playing, to finish the season, and to get our target as a team to get where we want to be, that would be the biggest achievement to to get that one done. So at the minute, it's all about. Just staying focused, staying fit, staying healthy. Because when and if the games get put back on, we need to be ready to go. Because where we finished before this, we were in a, we're in a very good position, ready to kick on to go forward, playing teams above where, which we can hopefully take some points off and get ourselves to where we need to be. It certainly has been a very bizarre season. Um, you recently said that in the midst of this bizarre season, you've learned a lot about yourself. Can you expand on what you meant by that? Um, yeah, of course. I've I've kind of realised who I am on the pitch and, and off the pitch. I like I like to think that um, I'm a good person to have around the team and, and, around, and around the club. I try not to take myself too serious, but when I'm on the pitch, I, I give 100%. Listen, everyone has good days and bad days at the ball, but I always give me all for the team, whether we win, lose, a draw, or whatever it might be. I don't go out there to be all about myself. The season that I've played in numerous positions, different roles in their positions as well, more attacking, more defensive. And I've kind of realised that I'm, I'm not limited to one position, Position, which is, for me, I always kind of thought, I'm a striker, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a number nine, I'm, I've got to be up front, yeah, and this amazes me. But I've learned that I can I can play in a number of positions and, and, and do a job for the team, which is what the manager has asked. And for me, that's all I can do. I can go out there and, and give me all for the, for the team and for the club, that's all. I want to do week in, week out, and whatever comes with that is great. And off the pitch, I've kind of grown and learned to appreciate smaller things. I think it might be this past six or seven weeks, but over the course of the season, football football's a very strange game. It's got highs and it's got lows, and I've had discussions with members of staff throughout the course of the season dealing with these highs and lows. And you've got to you've got to appreciate every day that we've that we've got playing playing sport and with my family and you've just got to take it as it comes yes you have good days yes you have good bad days but appreciate what you do have and then whatever else comes to that is a, is a real bonus so and uh, you've been used in a couple of positions actually since you arrived at the club waggy by both frank lampard and philip Koku, as you touched on then yeah. in that in that previous answer um but where do you feel you're, you're most effective would you say you're you're most effective through the middle as a nine or do you prefer or would you say you're more effective as one of the wide men in that front three? Cue the banter from the lads. No, I I, I, prefer, I prefer to play down the middle, whether that's a, a nine by myself as a three or a two up front. I like playing either or. But, but to be honest, as a, as a winger, I feel you can, with the right formation, the right team, the right players, you, you, can, you can also get very good opportunities. I think I've... I've learned that a lot this season. I'm not just when you play as, as a front three or as a as a winger. It's not just a, a wide midfielder, defensive midfielder. You stay wide, cross the ball, run up and down the wing, defend. It's more about intelligent runs, finding little pockets of spaces in between the the midfield and the defence, and trying to get the defenders running backwards rather than you being almost isolated out in the wing. So it's just developing my game um, as a winger. I've naturally not played there for a long time in my career. So it's the past two or three years I've kind of brought that into my game. So 
as a striker, I much prefer playing as a striker, but I feel I can help the team and do my job as, as, a, as, a, as a winger as well. So I, I, for, for your original answer, I'll go a prefer striker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I remember last season around the time of, uh, I think it was a Chelsea away game in the, in, the, in the cup. I think you probably started on the wide right of a free that day and you scored a great goal at the back post, I seem to remember. Yeah. And I think around then that, that formation was really working well for you. So I can see how there's obviously pros and cons to it. But you've got, got 12 goals in all competitions this season, Waggy. And um, when you do get a ball at your feet again properly, which part of your game are you say you, you, you want to work hard most to, most to improve? As a striker, score more goals, um, 100%. And I feel like I could have got a lot more this season. This is going back to one of the previous questions about what do you learn about yourself? What have you learned about yourself this season? And as a striker, missing chances. It makes you stronger. Missing penalties makes you stronger. And that's something that I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on always, every day, repetitive. Keep finishing, keep finishing, keep scoring goals, keep scoring goals. But... It's other parts of my game, maybe tactical awareness where I need to be in and off the ball as a as a striker, um, as a wide player, because we do a lot of shape in and off in and out of possession. So maybe a little bit of that to find yourself in better situations when the team turned the ball over and you've got an opportunity to exploit it in a counter attack. But I would, I would say I would say as a striker, fundamentally finishing both left and right feet, it's important to to any young kid out there hit the target, hit the target and make the keeper make a save really and you know anything can happen from there. So it's always important to have competition within the squad. But is there a, another player who is still around at the moment who you uh, admire and base your game on? And also when you were younger, breaking through at Sunderland, um who did you want to replicate at the beginning of your career? Good question. Um there's a lot there's an obvious answer Derby at the minute. You've you've obviously got Wayne Rooney. Who was a was an idol of mine growing up? Don't get us wrong. His experience, his knowledge of the game, and what he's achieved over his career is is, is invaluable. And for any young kid at Derby County at the minute to to come through and have an opportunity to learn from himself is is invaluable. Likewise for myself, I feel like I'm still learning from him, picking up little tips. He's always helping the lads, which is which is great. And I think that's kind of shown in the way we've progressed since he's kind of come to the club. Not only on the pitch but off the field, he's he's helped he's helped massively. I was I was a big fan of the original Ronaldo growing up as a striker, watching him with the on the Little Liga every Saturday night with my dad was was obviously a joy to watch because yeah, for me he's, he's he's the best striker in the world and I, I still to this day watch videos of him online and see what he does. But growing up at, at Sunderland, I always kind of another affiliation with Derby, Kevin Phillips, super Kev. He scored some great goals and what he done for the club was was incredible not only that his personality I, I met when i was a kid i met him a couple of times he's always great with with the academy players and him and niall quinn up front were were an, were an unbelievable partnership to be honest so two seasons for you waggy two different managers how would you say you compare the uh, the respective coaching styles of, of frank lampard and jody morris versus uh philip koku and uh, and his team in terms of Going forward, they're very similar. They want to they want to play football in the right way, create spaces, pass them, pass and move the ball, pass and move. It's not just a, a direct style of play. It's passing and moving, creating spaces, and looking for the opportunity to exploit defensively between Frank and the Gaff at the minute. I think with the Gaff at the minute, we're a lot more solid and we're trying to contain. Don't get us wrong. We've got a an opportunity to press. We do that as a team. We can, but if not, we kind of sit back. 
But with the gaffer, I was with Frank. Sorry, it was we had a we had a lot of energy. We had a a lot of players on the front foot, and it kind of stemmed from the front really. And um, whatever formation we kind of played, it was more of just a, a high press right from the start. So similar wise, football and wise, they were they were they were they were quite similar because they played football in the right way for their clubs and the countries uh, respectively. So there wasn't too much of a transition between the the two. Over over the summer and in the preseason because the both had the same philosophies, just a bit more of a tweak on the defensive side between the manager and, um, and and Frank, which was a bit difficult difficult at start to get that across from being used to a press kind of from the front at all times with Frank to if we can get it great if not kind of contained for a little bit then go find the right opportunity to go it was a little bit difficult but I think it's kind of shown in the next in the last couple of months how it's all coming to come together which has been good looking at the looking at this season more more broadly waggy why would you say derby's home and away form has been so contrasting particularly in those first uh four or five months of the season <laughs> good question i don't know i don't i don't think there's it's only one thing in particular that you can you can put your finger on and say right that's that's the the root of a problem um is it a mindset thing potentially is it a a physical thing, probably not, because we're, we've worked hard, we've prepared the same for every game. As a footballer, you don't go out and think, oh, we'll wait a day, let's, don't fancy it, let's down with tools and, and lose the game. I think it, it, it must be a mindset thing. We've got into a, a habit of going abroad and going away, sorry, and, and, and losing losing the early goal. It's probably affected away from, from there on, to be honest. It's been something that's been in the back of my mind. You may be a bit more within yourself and how you play the game you don't be as proactive thinking and you kind of just sit back and you let the game happen really rather than taking taking the game to, to the opponent so it's something that obviously was a massive massive concern for us as a, as a club because we knew where we could have been if we were on the away form and it, and it took far too long to to pick up where we're second away win of the season which was which was a great win for us. but it, we had opportunities earlier on and we let game slip when we shouldn't have done it. So I'm going to say it was, it's more of a mindset thing. It's not it's not an excuse. It's just when you go through little spells of, of losing games and you, you go go behind and you think, here yeah, we go again. It's, it's something that we probably should have rectified earlier and, and dealt with. And yeah, it's, it, it was difficult. It was tough. It wasn't nice because you go into these games thinking we don't want to lose again. And you, you probably, from the offset, putting yourself into a, a negative mindset when you don't really know it. So... There's no denying our form has improved since Christmas in this sort of topsy-turvy season. And of course, the arrival of Wayne Rooney has been instrumental in that. We all know what he's about and you mentioned him being an influence on you uh, in your earlier career. But as a teammate and from a tactical point of view, how has he helped uh, you guys out on the pitch? Just his, his knowledge of the game and for, for me, it's the, the, the lads have got a, a huge amount of trust and respect for him. So you'll give them the ball in certain situations where you might not do it in previous in previous games. He's willing to take the ball. He, the demand for him to work, close people down, do the right thing, be positive. You know he's behind you, pushing you on and running you on. Like, he's not one of these that goes mad at you or whatever. If you're not performing, he'll tell you. But you just got a, an aura and a, a demand about that. He wants to win games. He's got a drive and he's got a passion to do that and he still has that. So, for me, it's, it's that side of it, wanting to, to go out and give you all every single game, which players should do every game that the, the step on the pitch do. It's just a, a mindset of we need, we need to do this as a team collectively. And he's got that presence about him to, to drive you on. 
And I think that the influence he's had on the young kids um, since he came in has shown a huge amount of the performances since he has arrived. You've got the kids coming through, Nighty, Birdie. They've, they've done they've done incredibly well when they've been given the opportunity. We've had young Morgan with that come through and he's done he's done ever so well. He's had to be a bit more patient in terms of playing time. But these are these are young kids that have come in and, and have excelled. Birdie alongside Waza for for an example. They've created they've created a great partnership in the midfield and they work so well together. I think he's, his knowledge, talking ability, helping, but players out of position, he'll fill in, he'll drag other people around. I think it's just that presence in the middle of midfield has, has helped the, the core of the team which is which has been which has been invaluable really so uh before we have a little bit of fun to uh just wrap things up waggy uh, 25 goals for you for the rams since you signed a couple of years ago as we said but um we just wanted to know which individual performance for you for derby have you been most pleased with which was the game where you said to yourself said where you said to yourself afterwards that you were really happy with your your contribution um do you know what? I have to go back to the West Brom game at the end of last season. It was it was recently put on the Derby County page, and I wasn't actually on that game for long. I had to go off injured and miss the semi-finals. But it was a massive game to get into the playoffs. The way we started the game started off on fire. Kind of the footprint that we were high energy pressing, going after teams and. I got I got the header I got the goal to to start start off the game and for me it was just pure emotion because we had a lot of criticism we had a lot of I don't know negative press around me as well throughout that season a lot of doubt I seen can they do it can they do it and it was just a, a big relief to get the goal and set one away don't get us wrong the equalised but we got back into it late but I just had a feeling that I knew that goal was was important for the club because it would get. We'd get the ball rolling that game and we'd want to win, which is which is fortunate to get win to the end of the playoffs. So obviously that, that game for, for myself was, was a big was a big game. Useful So it's a great insight there, and it's it's, it's really good to um you know to, to, to hear from one of the players in these these difficult times, but to wrap things up, Waggy, uh, as I'm sure you know, the whole world seems to have turned to pub quizzes and yeah. during lockdown, whether it's on Zoom or house party or wherever. And all our listeners know that we are we are partial to a bit of Rams trivia every episode. Yeah. So what we wanted to do was to um, to test your Derby County knowledge uh, yeah, against our very own quizmaster Tom Martin. Um, yeah. Do you back yourself on being able to remember like stats about your career and, and the big moments? Would you say? I give it a good go. My mind's boggled from fractions from the school work this morning, but I'll, get, I'll have a shot. <laughs> we'll see how we get on. So what we're going to do is very simple, just you against Tom, five questions yeah. um, yeah. about your career and that sort of thing. Uh, myself and Richard will read them out. What we'll do is I'll read out all the questions first. So with each yeah. question, just make a, make a mental note of what you think the answer is. Don't say it out at the time. And then yeah. I'll read out all the questions in a row. And then we'll go back afterwards and take an answer from each of you. As we said, your final goal of last season was that header against West Brom at Pride Park on the on the last day of the regular season. But yeah. what was the attendance in that game? So don't say the answer now, but what was the attendance in that game? It was at Pride Park. So that is question one. Have a think about that. 
Okay, question two. Across Waggy's two seasons at Derby, or, or one and a half seasons so far, which player has scored the most goals for the Rams? So across Waggy's two seasons at Derby, which player has scored the most goals for the Rams after Waggy himself, of course? Uh, not looking for the... Waggy is a top scorer who is the second top scorer for Derby across those two seasons. There we go. So question three. I think you'll like this one, Waggy. How many total goals in all competitions have you, Martin Waghorn, scored in your entire career? Oh, God. I so how many total goals that. have you scored in your career? I feel like you should know this. <laughs> Tom definitely doesn't. So he's going to think like this. Okay. Which stadium of your former clubs is bigger in terms of capacity? Ibrox or the Stadium of Light? So which stadium of your former clubs is bigger, Ibrox or the Stadium of Light? That's a good one. And the last question, Waggy, so the last question is going to be, um, well, I'll explain the rules and Coach can give the first clue. Uh, It's a little, uh, it's basically a guess the player round, uh, which we call Who Ram I? So what we're going to do is um, give you a series of clues. And after each clue, if you think you know who the person is, then say your own name and take a guess. And if neither of you are right, then we'll go on to the next clue and so on and so on. Uh, Tom knows the format. So, Kurtz, do you want to give the first clue for the Who Ram I? And for this one, Waggy, just shout out, as I say, if you think you know the answer for this last one. Yeah, got you. Yeah, shout, shout out your name. Yeah. Okay. So, the first clue on this week's Who Ram I is I had a professional career spanning 18 years, which ended in 2013. Uh, Martin. Uh, Stevie Howard. Oh, bloody hell, he's done it straight away. Stevie I, Howard. Brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I started off with, with quite a broad clue there, but I'll give you a few of the other ones just so you know. Uh, I was a teammate of Martin's at Leicester from 2019 to 2012. Uh, Martin Wagon has already scored three more goals than I did in my Derby career, which lasted from 2006 to 2008. And I scored 17 goals for Derby in 63 appearances. I thought, obviously, Matt Oakley was also a possibility probably around yeah, that time, yeah, Martin. Super Stevie Howard. Wow, incredible. Tom, you're you one nil down already. Unbelievable scenes. Yeah, couldn't believe that. Fellow Mackham too. So have both of you got an answer for the first four questions? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back for the answers. Waggy is already 1-0 up, so Tom needs something here. Uh, <laughs> question one, your final goal of last season was that header against West Brom at Pride Park, uh, but what was the attendance? Waggy, you first. What's it, your guess? Is it the closest person gets the point? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll put 31,572. Oh, not bad. Okay, Tom, any advance? 32,100. Oh, oh well, uh, I can reveal that the attendance in that game was 32,055. So Tom oh. gets it by whisker. Okay, so across Waggy's two seasons at Derby, which player had scored the most goals for the Rams apart from Waggy himself? So across Martin's two seasons at Derby, which player was the top scorer? Uh, Tom, do you want to go first on this one? Who do you think? Uh, yeah, this was a tricky one, actually. I actually went Harry Wilson. Okay, Waggy? Yeah, I've, I've got three. I'm going to go Lars. Yeah, it's close. Uh, the the correct answer is Harry Wilson with 18 goals. Yeah, 18. And Tom Lawrence has got 16 across the two seasons and Jack Marriott's got 15 across the two seasons. So, Tom... Uh, that is tough. So, that is 2-1, uh, Tom. So, question three. How many total goals have you, Martin Waghorn, scored in your career? 
Tom, what did you get for this? I had a bit of a stab in the dark based off the 25 that he scored for Derby. I went a, a nice round 90. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit insulted, but okay. I'll let you off for that one. You, you might want to go to a tie break. I'll let you off. Last season, I scored my 100th goal under, under Frank. So I actually had this in the family quiz a few weeks ago, which has worked, which has worked out well. I, scored, I think I scored 118 goals. The answer is 118. That's correct. Bang on. Um, <laughs> Tom, I'm surprised, Tom, you, you have to have gone, you, in, considering we've got him on the phone, you've got to go higher just to, just in case, just not to offend him. You could have said like 150 or 160 or something. Just to... So it's 2-2. Two, two. It is going to the final question, which is exactly how we planned it, wasn't it, Kutch? So what, what was, which stadium out of Ibrox or Stadium of Light has the biggest capacity? Uh, Martin, what did you go for? Yeah, I went for Ibrox. Tom? I'm hoping you've got a uh, tiebreaker because I've also gone for Ibrox. Uh, it is Ibrox, yeah. Ibrox, uh, 50,817 and the Stadium of Light, 49,000 dead on apparently. So uh, yeah, it is Ibrox by 18, 1,800. So does that mean we're, we're on a tiebreaker, is it, Chris? It does mean we're on a tiebreaker. I'm not in on a draw. I need to win. You need that winning feeling back. So I'm currently Googling a fifth question. So bear with me for just one second. In my football career, how many goals have I scored? <laughs> Right, bear with me for the standard of this question, but I've had to do it very quickly. So the tiebreaker is, what is Derby County's current goal difference? Okay, Waggy, you first. What is Derby County's current goal difference? Oh, I think I think we're mi- minus two. Okay, and Tom, what do you reckon? I think we're a flat zero. The answer, Derby County's goal difference is exactly zero. So Tom's next, I'm afraid, Waggy. You Googled... He probably did. We'll assume that he did. But listen, look, so Tom nicks it on the tiebreaker. But yeah, Waggy, I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks ever so much yeah, for playing along and being yeah, a good sport. Cracking stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks for talking to us, keeping us busy and uh, as well as yourself. And uh, well, we look forward to hopefully seeing you out there sooner rather than later, further on in the summer. Yeah, hopefully, guys. I appreciate your time. Thanks very much for that. Thank you.